wanted to mention, uh, don't forget that there is the Rick Ashley video in between classes. And uh, we'll get started with that about 10.15. Uh, last week was really uh, quite good. I think this week, if I remember right, there's a short blip in the middle of the DVD. But uh, other than that, it's quite good, and I think you'll be blessed by that. And then I also wanted to mention that uh, Gary Zorn has really been having a tough time with his vertigo thing. And uh, got up to come this morning and wasn't able to make it. Uh, just wasn't feeling good and probably felt a little unbalanced, and so he didn't make it. So we need to be thinking about our brother Gary and praying for him and asking God to bless him as he fights this thing and his doctors work with him to treat the vertigo. We've been talking for quite some time now, last four or five weeks, about challenges that face the church, the biggest challenges that face the church. And uh, every week I'm going to recap these a little bit because it's not that long. We talked about will our children have faith, which I think is a huge issue. We talked about not loving the world and making the world our biggest priority. In 1 John 2.15 it says, do not love the world. We've talked about how we are strangers here last week. Strangers here living in reverent fear as we face this world and as we think about God. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. And this week, I want to turn to something that is about as dear to me as there is in terms of challenges to the church. And let me frame it this way. I'm just going to, I'm going to read some stuff here that I wrote. For me, there is at least one clear way of knowing that my mother-in-law is suffering from the effects of dementia and Alzheimer's disease. And this is simply the fact that she no longer reads her Bible. I've known Theresa Smith for 40 years. And studying the Bible was always for her until the last few years an important part of her day. But more than that, just being a da- more than just being a daily task, scripture and the studying of it has always been for her life's authority. It's been her guide. It's been her philosophy of life. It has been what she has lived by. And the riddles of life and the challenges of life, the joys of life, directions for life, could all be found on the pages of the Christian scriptures. And so she lived there. The Bible is still her guide and authority, even as she suffers from the effects of advancing dementia. But what she now has are just memory bits. Biblical habits constitute her character and actions because that's all she's ever known. She still lives the life of a devout believer. And every time we talk to dad and her, she mentions something about how good God is and how church is always there. It's always brought up. She's a faithful believer. And as long as she's capable of rational thought, these will be part of who she is. But no one would say that things are presently as we would hope for. Alzheimer's has taken from her many things. And one of these is her daily time spent in scripture. The remnants of a scriptural life are there and in some form will always be as long as she's Theresa Smith. But there are now limitations to this because of her disease. 
her connection with scripture is less than it was because her abilities don't allow for her to any longer live in scripture as she did. It's one of the tragedies of this disease and of her life. Even at this point, it's hard to know if she understands that that's even happening. Well, I'm afraid that the church is beginning to suffer signs of dementia. Without us even knowing what's happening, we're losing some of the characteristics and abilities that have made us who we are. The reasons for this are not organic the way they are with Alzheimer's. We aren't collectively suffering from a physical disease, but we're showing signs that we've contracted a spiritual disease, spiritual Alzheimer's, if you will. And what's interesting is that one of the clear symptoms to, symptoms to me of this problem is the same symptom that I see in my mother-in-law. We no longer have the same connection to the script, Christian scriptures, to the Bible, that we once did. The riddles of life as I mentioned with her, the challenges of life, the joys of life, directions for life, they're all still found and discussed in Scripture. And there's a sense in which we have a remnant. Like the Bible is still our authority for life. The Bible is still where we would go if we want answers. But, and this is huge, we don't live there. Few of us have daily contact with scripture. We love the Lord. We want to be totally devoted disciples. We still live the life of devout believers and more. It's more than just remnants for us in terms of biblical faith and what it means to us. It's not just a remnant. We, we say openly, we want to follow scripture. No doubt about it. And we have a vital and spiritual life together in our church. And so those things are not being taken away from us. My mother-in-law is losing her life and losing her battle with dementia. We're not losing our life here. We're not losing the battle of faith. But there are some things that we are losing. I'd say it's like we're at a much earlier stage of dementia, spiritual dementia, than my mother-in-law is currently. Our connection to scripture is less than it once was. And it is one of the tragedies of our lives together that the Bible doesn't have the same place in our individual lives or in our collective lives as it once did. Even if we don't understand what's happening. And I think something is happening. So if we're going to talk about the challenges that the church faces today, I think this is a huge one, one that we simply can't ignore. And I must say that while other challenges we're talking about are big in the big picture, this one ultimately may be as significant as any. Because if we lose this foundation, I'm afraid the things we will ultimately lose are far, far too great. And I don't know if any of them breaks my heart the way losing this one is going to break my heart. You know, we've always been people of the book. And I'm afraid that we're losing both our abilities and our desire in this area of life together. And frankly, 
it scares me to death. I could talk about the reasons for it. I I could talk about why we're developing this kind of biblical dementia. I could talk about what our society is doing to us. We could talk about our postmodern age. People don't believe the way they used to. People don't think the way they used to. People don't read the way they used to. All these challenges that come to us, that confront us. Like physical, mental dementia or Alzheimer's, the loss of some abilities help to explain our problem. But I'm not sure these are ultimately the reasons why this is fading away, and I'm not sure that's the most important thing. And so I'd rather focus on what's going to happen to us, the things that ultimately we're going to lose. What's going to happen? Because this is the thing. We can talk about the reasons why the Bible's not as important to us, and we can look at all of that and think, well, we could do something about this. Or we might just think this onslaught of society impacting us so that Scripture isn't as important to us as it once was, there's nothing we can really do about it. People don't read the way they used to. What can we do about that? People aren't as as logical as they used to be. What are we going to do about that? Well, maybe nothing. But if we can see the significance, the severity of what we're losing, maybe it will help us to take seriously this danger, which I think is absolutely huge. And so here are some things that I'm afraid that if we're not careful, ultimately we're going to lose. And by the way, I'm sitting here today thinking, or standing here today thinking, you know, who, who is really needing to hear this message? You know, I don't think that it's David Lidbury. David is at a point in his life when I don't think he's going to be letting go of Scripture anytime soon. If nothing else, David doesn't have 30 or 40 years left to lose it. David's going to be gone and be with the Lord before that. But what about Ashley Redwine? What about whether or not she's going to take seriously the things of Scripture? What about Rachel? Is Rachel going to take seriously the things of Scripture? Are are those going to dominate her mind and her thoughts as she grows to become a young lady in the Lord? Or will we, unfortunately, not by desire, but by default, put ourselves in a position where the Scriptures won't have the impact on Rachel's life that we all know they need to have? And I'm afraid that this is a possibility If we're not careful. And so here are some things I'm afraid we might lose. Ultimately, I'm afraid that we may lose the truth of the word that is Jesus Christ. That it will be believed less and false teaching will replace the truth. Now this is interesting because in the old days we used to talk about false teaching all the time. When you talked about churches of Christ, you talked about those who are against false teaching. And we had a very clear notion of what the truth was, a very clear notion about false teaching. We knew how to delineate all of that, and we were scared to death by false teaching, and so we fought against it. With time, we thought to ourselves, you know, we are just talking about this whole false teaching thing too much. This dominates our thought. And so we have been, I think for the last 20 years or so, gradually moving away from our concern about false teaching and the need to stay grounded in Scripture to prevent false teaching. 
And my fear now is that we're going to move in a direction where those things which are central to us, even as Christians, can be challenged. And that we may not say much about it because we're not that concerned anymore about false teaching. We heard so often, is this the crying wolf three times? We heard so often the fears about false teaching that pretty soon it was like it doesn't matter to us anymore. We're not very concerned about that. And now, all of a sudden, the wolf is at the door. And maybe there is really some false teaching that we have to be afraid of. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them by the truth, as Jesus prays to God. Your word is truth. Well, if we're to be sanctified by the truth and his word is truth, we're going to have to hold fast to this truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Well, if he's the truth, then losing somehow the word of truth is only going to mean that we're ultimately going to lose Jesus. And 1 Timothy 4.1 says, the spirit clearly says that in latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits. I don't know if we're in the latter times or not. Maybe Jesus will tarry another thousand years. But there's a sense in which this is the latter times. We live in the era of the church just before the coming of the Lord, whatever that means in terms of time. And in these last days, people may well sacrifice the truth. We can't hold on to the truth unless our minds are wrapped around Scripture. We just can't. And so it's so important. If we're going to talk about false teaching, we're going to talk about truth, we're going to talk about the Word. It's so important that we hold on to Scripture for that reason. The second thing, I'm afraid that we're going to lose our identity as God's people. Again, you know, it used to be in Churches of Christ that when you talked about our identity, we knew exactly what that meant. We had the five steps of salvation. We had the five acts of worship. We had the right name. We had the autonomous church structure. We knew who we were. We knew exactly what we believed. And we thought these marks of the church are the ones that we need to hold to. Well, I'm not convinced those necessarily are the things we need to keep holding to. I'm not talking about those kinds of things, which in many cases were traditions. I'm not sure that we need to do things the way we've always done them. But what about the exclusivity of the Trinitarian doctrine about God? What about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? What about the fact that belief is the key to eternal life and that it's found in relationship to the Father, Son, and the Spirit? That faith, repentance, baptism, worship, Christian service, being separated from the world, living moral lives, modeling Christian service, these things are crucial to who we are. And if we don't live in this way, we lose something vital about our identity. Christian virtues and morality are crucial. We need to live differently from the world, but we won't know that unless we stay grounded in Scripture. 2 Timothy 1.13 says, What you've heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. 
Sometimes we mock this idea that there's a pattern of how we're supposed to be Christian in the scriptures. Well, you're going to have to mock 2 Timothy 1.13 if you do that, because it says there is. But the pattern here that's laid out is the pattern of these great truths of understanding about who God is. And these things need to be so much part of the church, and we will lose them if we don't somehow stay grounded in Scripture. The next thing that we will lose, our children in the world will have less of a chance of knowing Christ as Savior and Lord if we let go of Scripture. The reason for this is not just because we have less to tell about God if we don't know Scripture. Like if you don't know the Bible, how can you communicate the Word? That's part of it. But here's the big thing. Scripture and being in touch with Scripture changes us. Something dramatic happens to a Christian when they are put in front of Scripture, when they're confronted by the Word of God. When we read Scripture, something comes into our lives and changes us. We become different people because of what Scripture means to us. And you can't be that. And other people can't see that, experience that. They can't know that in you. If you aren't experiencing scripture for yourself. And so sometimes, like you might think to yourself, well, how is it that people don't come to Christ more often and through me, through my life? And is it perhaps not the case because our witness doesn't speak loudly enough because scripture isn't working in us the way it should? And when your heart and your life and your mind and your spirit are conformed to the word of God and you're changed by your interaction with the spirit, then other people have a chance to know him. And others, including our children, are not going to have the chance to know the Lord and to understand the gospel the way they need to if we don't continue to stand firmly rooted in scripture. Right along with that, the possibility for personal change becomes less likely. Think to yourself, man, there are things in my life I really would like to have changed. I want to stop doing, and you can fill in the blank for yourself. This has dominance over my life, and I don't want it to have dominance over me anymore. Whatever that might be. That is not going to change for you unless somehow scripture is seriously a part of your life. Listen to these words. We know these words well, but listen to these words from Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. And listen to these words. It judges the thoughts of, And the attitudes of the heart. What changes our hearts in our relationship with God. In our interaction with the Holy Spirit who uses scripture to teach us and transform our hearts. Is the word. The word transforms us. And you can't be changed by that with which you have no experience. And so God gives us his scriptures and says, I want my word to go into your life and transform your hearts and change who you are. And then we step back and remove ourselves and are not confronted directly with the Bible. 
And we expect that we're really going to change. Are things going to be different for us if we have no contact with Scripture whatsoever? Then the last thing. We will find ourselves vulnerable to being lost in the darkness of the world. Psalm 119 says, and we know this so well, your word is a lamp under my feet. Your word is a light to my path. You know, there's so many Christians who don't live satisfied lives. There's so many marriages that are in trouble. There are so many addictive behaviors in which people participate. There is a clear lessening of the significance of sin in the lives of Christians in the world. And one reason for this is simply because we're not being guided by Scripture. We're not taking seriously the words that God gives us about sin and what it does to us in our lives. And I'm afraid if we don't stay grounded in Scripture, the the light to our feet, the lamp it's to be to our path, it's not going to be there. And we're going to walk in darkness because we're not grounded and interactive with God's word in Scripture. And so the fact is, our world doesn't have a chance if God's people let go of their connection to the pages, the words of the Bible. The world doesn't have a chance. We want the world to know Christ. We want them to be saved. We want them to know Jesus. They don't have a chance. If we don't stay grounded in scripture, the church will not remain the church if scripture is not for each of us a priority. That's why I love the fact that our children's classes focus on scripture. I love the fact that Jody does this 66 club thing with our kids. That says to them, the books of the Bible are important. We take this seriously. You learn all 66 books of the Bible. We're going to have you come up and get a Tim Hortons gift certificate and a hug from Jody. And we're going to applaud for you. And we'll do that because scripture is important and we want that to be part of your life. And I hope those kids walk down thinking the Bible must be special. I learned those 66 books and now they're honoring me. Well, it is special and they do need to be honored for learning those things. I love the fact that our life group curriculum is all involving scripture and telling stories from scripture and discussing scripture. We cannot live without these things. And I grieve what we've already lost in light of this encroaching spiritual dementia evident in our lack of connection to scripture. Now the beautiful thing is that in my mother-in-law's life, her dementia is irreversible. And in the life of the church, our spiritual dementia is not. And we need to make plans, commit ourselves to plans of action for each of us personally and in our families for treating this disease. And we need to not let another day go by without treating it, taking care of these spiritual deficiencies with nourishment from the Christian scriptures from the Bible.
Listen to these words from John 5, 39. You diligently study the scriptures because you think by them you possess eternal life. And, and Jesus' point there is, you guys are looking to scripture, but you're reading it in a way that's not really working. But then he says, these are the scriptures that testify about me. Yet, you refuse to come to me that you may have life. His point, of course, was don't make the scriptures so much that somehow you miss Jesus in the process. Making those Old Testament texts so much that you miss Jesus. And I get that. But these scriptures, Jesus says, bring you to me. They testify about me. And so we need to do both. We do need diligent study of the scriptures. And those scriptures will take us to Jesus where we find life. And so we must come to Christ and have relationship with him. But we need to go to the scriptures because indeed, despite the attitude of the Jews and their approach, it's in the scriptures that we find the words of eternal life. And to not be there to not go there, to not spend there, to not look our time there, to not live there, is to put the things that we love so much in jeopardy. And we will lose a lot. We will lose everything if Scripture isn't forever central to who we are in Jesus. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the privilege of loving you and serving you and honoring you. And we pray that you bless us, God, that we would always remain grounded in your word. Father, for those here who don't have this close relationship with scripture that we need, I pray that you would bless them so that they could gain it. Help them to see their way clear to putting your word central in their daily lives. Father, I thank you for the example of those like my mother-in-law who've lived a life of devotion to your word. I pray that somehow we can follow in her footsteps and many like her and live in your word as well. It's through Christ we pray. Amen.